you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real Steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves so we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that. A redwood forest would be cool. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. What is up? Welcome to another edition of the NFL Fantasy Football Show. It's me, your man, MG Marcus Grant, fully vaccinated and happy to be back outside because it's summer and this is what we do. So uh, glad to be with you for another week. Producer Justin is by our side and that we have continued or continuing, I should say, our cavalcade of fantasy analyst stars that we've been doing all summer long. Uh, And for this one, we go back to the bullpen. We get a familiar face coming back to join us. It is our pal, the resident Askinner himself uh our our resident wide receiver guy as well it is the one and only matt okada matt it is good to talk to you again how have you been since we last spoke it's good to be back um been pretty good i i feel like i'm starting to get a little impatient this is the part of the (laughs) nfl year where the draft is too far back behind us for us to be living on that high and the season is too far away and we're kind of in between camps and it's just this ah it's right. a frustrating this, spot. But I'm just is, filling my days with best ball drafts, and so that works out. Oh, see, there you go. I'm like, this is the time I'm like, let's all just stop and take a breath, and let's just go outside. 
Nope. Uh, because like, because the grind is really gonna hit us once training camp starts. So I'm like, this is when we should all just. I mean, I know we don't. You know, I the 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 phrase "all gas, no brakes" has become popular amongst fantasy Twitter. And I'm like, I don't know. We can we can pump the brakes a little bit, but whatever. Uh, all that being said, I got lots of stuff I want to talk to you about. Uh, a lot of just sort of catching up with how you feel now about some guys that maybe we talked about during draft season. Because, in fact, the last time you were on this show was just after the draft. We did a big mock draft with several people. You were part of it. Um, you know, and now we've had some months to sort of sort things out and try to f- figure some things out. So I just want to kind of catch up with you on, on how you're feeling about some guys. But I also, because I'm doing this with all my guests right now, is I want to just kind of pick your brain about some of your draft strategies and how you're approaching things uh, as we're here in the middle of the summer. The first thing, I have you noticed any big change in draft trends since the NFL draft? Any guys that have maybe moved way up, guys that have fallen, or just, just strategy things that, that are different now when you're doing drafts versus, say, you know, April or May? Um, I think we were seeing a little bit of this before the draft, but this has to be the most wide receiver list top of the draft that I can remember in the history of playing fantasy. Um, It's almost all running backs in the first round. You're seeing like even Travis Kelsey go before some of the top receivers now. And there's a few reasons for that, probably. One of them is draft related in my opinion, which is that a lot of the top running backs in the rookie class went to iffy landing spots, Mm -hmm. which kind of makes those first round running backs that we were gonna draft highly anyways, even more important because we don't get that depth filled in at the back end of the position that we do get with receivers because like Devontae Smith went to a great spot, Jamar Chase went to a pretty good spot, Jalen Waddell, spoiler alert, went to a pretty good spot. <laughs> and so we get some of that depth fill in. And so I feel like it just, it leaves those elite running backs even more on an island than they were and elevates them. But then just on top of that, you've got Devontae Adams with the Aaron Rodgers situation. Mm-hmm. You had DK Metcalf with the Russell Wilson situation. I think that's kind of panned out now. But also you have A.J. Brown, who now gets Julio added on, maybe falls down a little bit. You have all these receivers that are kind of in sort of iffy spots or, or have some targets taken away or what, whatever it may be that are even falling a couple spots just on their own. So I, I've seen first rounds go completely without a receiver. And if you're in a 2QB league, it's expected at this point. It's pretty wild. Yeah, and that's that is sort of weird too because I, I I don't I think it was uh, maybe it was Jake Seeley or, or Bob Harris or someone that was on the show that I and I'm sorry that I forget now but mentioned the fact that I think early on in draft season it was we still were seeing wide receivers go but that has sort of shifted to the point that it is very running back heavy and and maybe you get the occasional I don't know a Tyreek Hill or something like that that sneaks into the first round but it really has been. Uh, extremely running back heavy. It almost feels like everybody is sort of doing the same thing, whereas, you know, get at least one solid running back, maybe two in the first couple of rounds, spend rounds, you know, three through five or six, sort of loading up uh, on your wide receiver spot and then coming in and sort of filling in the gaps, you know, after that with your tight end quarterback, whatever it's going to be. Um, I mean, for you, though, when you're seeing this, does it does it change the way you're drafting? Are you zigging where other people zag? Or do you feel like, you know what, if every if all these running backs are coming off the board, I got to get one too? Um, I think the only way it really changes things is if I have an opportunity to pick a draft spot. I kind of want to go at the end of the elite running back run at the top of that or the middle of that first round. 
because I feel like I'm still going to get one of them. Usually it's Jonathan Taylor that I like to go for somewhere around like that six, seven spot. But then I get my fir- a, a, a higher chance at a one of the top receivers when I come back around than the guys at the very front. But other than that, I think I'm just trying to go with what's there. Usually that's the way I play. Also, I just thought, by the way, of another one, Michael Thomas. Mm-hmm. Basically all the top receivers have some kind of weird situation going on. We don't know who his quarterback's <laughs> going to be. It's a crazy avalanche of issues that are causing this. That is wild, too. I, you know, and it's when you sort of lay them all out, the fact that we have so many elite receivers or, you know, close to elite receivers with question marks coming in, uh, I feel like that's a new thing this year. Like, that's, yeah. you know, a new feature for, for 2021. Uh, I don't know that I like it, but it is what it no. is. We'll, we'll figure it out. Um, all right, so that gets us to what I'm what I'm calling win, lose, or draw, right? These are guys that that we talked about during fantasy or uh, during NFL draft season um, that you know you you may have talked about or other people have talked about uh, at length. Now that they've landed, now that we've gone through OTAs and we have gotten you know all the breathless hype about like how everybody's picking up the playbook and they're in the best shape ever and they're due for a huge breakout season. Um, Want to kind of come back and get your your thoughts on how you're feeling about them. And the first one, uh, you sort of teased this already, but Jalen Waddle, who, who ends up you know in Miami as part of an offense that really looks like they want to be more vertical this year. Um, you talk about a quarterback with questions. We we are wondering what Tua is going to be this year, but. Um, do you feel about the same as you did before about Jalen Waddle? Better, worse? Where are you? I feel a little bit better. I would call Jalen Waddle a win, and that's saying a good amount because I loved Waddle before the draft happened. But there's, I would say, probably two to three factors about Miami that, or about where he went, that make me extra excited. One is that he went six overall, which it wasn't incredible. Um, we kind of figured he'd be in the top 15, but six was a pretty nice surprise. And so that's a boost just in general that they, they invested that heavily in him. Uh, the second is what you just mentioned about the Miami passing game. They're very clearly with the addition of Will Fuller too. They're very clearly indexing towards an aggressive downfield passing game. Um, and for them to be purposefully building that for Tua, in my opinion, tells me that they believe he can, you know, actualize that. And that Jalen Waddle, who will fit that very well, has a very good chance to succeed in the offense they're building. And then the other, the other thing is, I just really like Tua. Um, I liked him more than Burrow. I know he didn't have a great rookie season, mostly. Um, and there's still a lot of question marks. People are not too sure. I'm a really big Tua fan. I think he's one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the league, honestly, once he reaches like his full potential. So I trust him to support a good offense. I trust the way this Miami team and organization are going. It's a nice situation, I think, all around. And I love Waddle himself. So it's a win for me. I'm going to ask about Tua, too, because I I have been on record as saying, you know, I, I think he can be better than what we saw last year. I think there were so many circumstances. Uh, I mean, he was a rookie. He was coming off a major, major injury uh, you know, when he left Alabama. Um, I, I just felt like you know they had him on a short leash, so he was always looking over his shoulder. And I think a lot of those things are gone. Now, I will say I haven't necessarily put my money where my mouth is and drafted him in a lot of spots. I still think he's a QB, too. Uh, at best this year, so that that has sort of had something to do with it. But 
Uh, I feel like it's more in response to all of the people who were already down on him and maybe wanting to to say that the Dolphins made a mistake. And I feel like you know let's let's slow down on that, right? Let's let's give let's give this guy a chance. Like if we go through a full season this year, what seventeen games? and he's still making major mistakes, then maybe we can start to have that conversation. But I feel like after we play eight games or 10 games last year, like it's it's too soon. It's way too soon to have this conversation, right? I'm not crazy, am I? No, yeah, I totally agree. The, the injury thing is a big deal that you mentioned. You know, the, the one off season that he did have, he was still kind of recovering from that to a degree. Now he gets a full one, uh, healthy, with this coaching staff kind of continuing to build and now a lot of added weaponry if you think about going from no will fuller and jalen waddle to adding will fuller and jalen waddle on top of what they already had that has to be one of the best weaponry upgrades that we saw this offseason so i think i i am staying with you for now that i'm not drafting as a qb1 but i think he has that upside and i do i would be willing to get him as a qb2 for sure yeah very, very curious to watch him this year. Uh, okay, so the next one on my list uh, is one that I have sort of been trying to, I've been trying to solve this Rubik's Cube all summer long, but it's it's Rashad Bateman. Um, you know, it, I feel like that's one that everybody talks about, you know, how talented he is, and yes, and I just keep, I can't get past the fact that he's in the Ravens offense, which sort of automatically puts a cap on what his production can be when you figure that he's also competing with Marquise Brown, with Mark Andrews, with Sammy Watkins, who's probably going to get some targets there. He's not just going to be invisible. Um, I I know you liked Rashad Bateman as a player. Um, how do you feel about him now that he's a player in Baltimore? Uh, not great. <laughs> not, it's not great, Bob. Um, <laughs> yeah, listen. You can slot him in as the number one target on that team and still not be that excited. They, The number one target, the target leader for Baltimore, has not had more than 100 targets since 2016. So this, this is beyond a run first team. And over the last couple of years, it's gotten even more intense, obviously, with Lamar there. So if you slot him in as the number one target, he still doesn't have wide receiver one upside, maybe not even high end wide receiver two upside. But that's like you said, assuming he beats out a lot of decent competition. They just drafted Marquise Brown higher than they drafted Bateman. They have Mark Andrews who's a great tight end. Sammy Watkins is going to do something like you said, (laughs) even if he doesn't out target Bateman. So. I mean, when, being in a Lamar offense, it's going to be efficient. They're going to be in the red zone a lot. He might have seven or eight touchdown upside, kind of like we saw from Marquise Brown last year. But I don't think that he's going to have 80 catch upside, 1,200 yard upside. If he had gone any number of other places because of his talent, I think he would have had those kinds of opportunities. And I don't think he does in Baltimore, maybe ever. So it's capped. Like you capped is a great word. Uh his his upside is capped. His fantasy rank is capped because of the offense he's on. I opinion. just yeah no I just I you know and I, I know people like him and I know people want to be optimistic. Uh, you know Scott Fish, uh, who admittedly is from Minnesota and is a stand for the Gulf the Gophers, <laughs> uh, tried to sell me on him and I think for a moment he almost got me. And I just I just keep coming back to that same thing and it 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 sours me on the whole Rashad Bateman experience. If I'm adding him as depth. Uh, you know, it's somewhere just to kind of have on my bench and, and you know, plug in occasionally. Maybe that's it. But I, I, I just feel like he is he's in a bad spot for his fantasy production. Good team can very well help this team. Uh, just 
don't think he can necessarily help my fantasy team the way I would like him to. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs... Yeah, like check out these hair. Pl- I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. Your head. Hey, hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Try to act like they. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Rain or shine, every day is a great day for fishing, right? You got rain gear, but you can't overlook sunny day gear. A Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie has you covered on the sunniest days. Like literally. I mean, who wouldn't trade a sunburn for a trophy fish? But why do it if you don't have to? Especially when this Solar Stream Elite hoodie is built with broad spectrum UV protection. We're talking UPF 50, and it has airflow so you don't overheat. And what's the alternative? Putting down the rod every half hour so you can slather on some sunscreen. Seems like an easy choice to me. Columbia PFG has you covered with their Castback TC shoe. Its OmniMax cushioning and traction system helps if you're on your feet a lot, say, fighting a fish. Not to mention keeping you sure-footed on a wet, rocking boat. So if you're going to be spending long days out on the water, and I sincerely hope that you will be, head over to Columbia.com PFG and shop all their performance fishing gear. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. 
With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Um, Rondale Moore, uh, kind of another guy who, you know, people love what he could do. They loved him in college. He goes to a place with a lot of guys to catch the football down there in Arizona, right? We know Nuke's going to, to catch the football. We, AJ Green is going to be in the mix. Uh, you know, as much as he has frustrated fantasy managers, Christian Kirk is still there and is still going to get targets. Uh, they throw to their running backs as well. I feel like Rondale Moore is kind of in a similar situation where just these circumstances around him potentially could limit how productive he can be. How do you feel about it? Yeah, uh, that is the real tough part about this is where is he going to get targets from? Um, People probably forget because of how absolutely awful he was with them. But A.J. Green had 104 targets last year. (laughs) Yeah insane i think he had like the worst target efficiency in terms of fantasy points per target that has ever existed on that kind of a target count uh but he's gonna get targets hopefully less than that unless he is back to being real aj green but he's gonna get them like you mentioned kirk is still gonna get them even you know andy isabella plays a kind of similar role he's that Mm -hmm. sort of undersized speedster gadgety guy he's gonna get some work probably that caps rondale more a little bit so but the thing with Moore for me is I was a little bit less high on him. I didn't see him as that true wide receiver one coming into the draft. Mm-hmm. So I don't feel like he's lost out on that opportunity because I didn't really see it for him anyways. This is kind of the kind of place I figured he might go and could be used well. And so I still think he has a good opportunity to be useful for fantasy. It's a great offensive scheme from an efficiency and explosivity standpoint. Mm-hmm. I trust Cliff Kingsbury not necessarily as a head coach, but to create an open <laughs> offense with Kyler Murray at QB. Yes, I do trust him to do that. So I think that he's going to get less touches than he might have gotten elsewhere. But those touches might be a little bit more valuable than they would have been elsewhere. So I think he can be, you know, a wide receiver three in the short term. We'll see what happens over the next couple of years in Dynasty if some of these veterans move on. But for now, I don't think he's going to be a wide receiver too. I do think he can be a guy that you want to flex every now and then. I don't mind him in best ball at all because he's going to he's going to turn in a couple long touchdowns, at least a couple throughout the course of the season. So I'm I'm calling it like a slight win, maybe. Uh, it's not super great. It's not super bad. It's a little bit better than a draw, but not by much. I, I do think the you know the dynasty aspect is interesting too, just because. Uh, you know, A.J. Green is not going to be there too long. I mean, he is definitely nearing the end of his career. Uh, it does feel like the Cardinals are sort of soured on, you know, they drafted those three wide receivers a couple of years ago with Isabella and Keyshawn Johnson and Hakeem Butler. Um, I feel like they, they have sort of realized that, that that didn't work out. So so as long as Rondell Moore doesn't completely fall on his face, there is a path. Uh, to him, you know, moving up in the next couple of years. So maybe he is kind of a nice dynasty stash and, and waiting for something to happen there. Um, another Moore, this is Eli Moore, Elijah Moore out there in uh, in New York with the Jets. There's been a lot of hype about him, uh, especially during during OTAs, which, you know, I know we have to sort of sift through that and try to find the, the kernels of truth in there. Um, but 
but with all the talk and with just what is there in New York, uh, how do you feel about Eli Moore now versus, you know, say, a couple of months ago? I'm calling this one a draw, mm-hmm. but only because of the uncertainty. So I like Elijah Moore. I don't love him as much as the Twitter community does. <laughs> that hype that you're talking about is absolutely bonkers on him. I think I saw someone say he was going to be a wide receiver too, almost guaranteed. Uh, as a rookie, I no, no, thank you. I don't, I don't get it. Um, but listen, he got good draft capital. It, it was just outside the first round. There was a lot of hype he might go in the first round, so he didn't quite get that, but still very good. He goes to an offense where he's going to have a lot of opportunity to take the lead at some point. Now, one of the big caveats is they were able to retain Jamison Crowder for 2021. And that hurts a lot for redraft, in my opinion. I think Crowder is a good slot receiver. I think he's going to probably lead the team in targets. If they had not retained him, which there was a chance was going to happen... Maybe Elijah Moore could be a wide receiver two out of the gate. But with Crowder still there... I'm not feeling too good about that. And then the real issue is this is the Jets and it's a rookie quarterback in Zach Wilson that we I don't feel as confident in as some of the other guys. I do think Zach Wilson can be good, but I don't see him as a no miss, can't miss or near can't miss quarterback prospect. And the last guy they drafted highly Clearly did not pan out. <laughs> Sorry, USC fans in the building. Uh, yeah. um, <laughs> but if Zach Wilson doesn't pan out and this team remains the basement level team that it has been for so long, it's going to be tough for Elijah Moore, I think, to really realize that wide receiver two potential. But if it does go well, and I think it could, I like the direction Solo is going to take the team. I do like Zach Wilson and think he can be good. So if those things pan out well and Jameson Crowder's gone in a year, then we're suddenly looking at Elijah Moore as the wide receiver one of a decent offense, getting a lot of targets, and that's good. So long term, I think it's good. Short term, I think it's bad. Ends up being a draw. So what I what I heard from you is, is sort of how I feel and how it seems like a lot of people feel that the Jets could be good, but Jets, right? I think yeah. there's still, right? I feel like there's still that thing there. Like we see what they've done, right? They they go out and they get Zach Wilson, and and I keep saying I like the fact that they are trying to put pieces around him, which is a thing I don't think they did well for Sam Darnold. They didn't they didn't really help him out. They're trying to do that with Zach Wilson, so that leads us all to sort of believe that maybe. Maybe this is the beginning of something. Maybe this is them turning the corner. Maybe this is them kind of having their Browns-like ascension to back to competitiveness. Um, but also, we have seen the Jets just flounder. It really doesn't matter how old you are for pretty much most of your lifetime, right? Like, yep. it, it, you, you can be... You know, you could be close to retirement age, and the Jets have floundered around for most of your lifetime. And so I think that sort of stigma is hard to completely divorce yourself from. And that is the reason that, you know, whenever you hear people talking up Elijah Moore or anybody else, uh, I always sense that that cautious optimism from everybody uh, about this offense, which leads me actually to the last guy on my list. I wanted to break away from the wide receivers and go with the running back, Michael Carter, who I know you very much liked. Uh, you like you like both the, the Carolina running backs, Carter and Javante Williams. Michael Carter, mm-hmm. though, uh, another guy that, you know, I've drafted in a couple spots, people have talked about with excitement, but there's still that underlying of, but Jets in there. 
Um, how are you feeling about Michael Carter now? Yeah, the butt jets thing really keeps me from just getting out of a, out of this world excited about Michael Carter because he doesn't have competition. LaMichael Piran and the ghost of Tevin Coleman. No, get those guys <laughs> out of my face. Um, Michael Carter is twice the running back that either of those guys are at this point. And um, while I don't necessarily know how the passing game is going to look, I feel like it's pretty likely that the Jets are going to try to incorporate something that looks a little bit like the 49ers offense and run game, given Salah's background. And the 49ers run game has produced basically the most efficient running backs in the NFL for the last few years. They we haven't gotten a true RB one out of them because they've been mixing their guys so much. But Michael Carter to me is so much better than P. Ryan and Coleman that he should win this job outright pretty soon. And so again, the butt Jets thing is there. But if the Jets do take that step forward that we talked about being possible, now you're looking at Michael Carter, an extremely talented talented running back. In my opinion, I had him as the running back two in this class before the draft, which was a hot take, I'll admit. <laughs> uh, but a very talented running back in a system that could be great on an offense that may be on the upswing. That's pretty exciting. I think he has redraft value. I think he can be a low-end RB2 for sure. And he's probably going a little bit later than that. Actually, a good amount later than that in most drafts. Um, unless you're playing with a bunch of dynasty nerds. <laughs> um, but for the question mark of the Jets, it does cap his upside probably because he's not going to be a 15 touchdown guy. Almost certainly there is always that the butt Jets remains, <laughs> but I still do like him. I'm calling it a win. All right, cool. I, I I just feel like he was one of the running backs, and you talked about how they a lot of the top running backs didn't land in necessarily friendly spots. He was one of the guys who did because, yep. as you mentioned, the other guys there don't frighten anybody. Um, so there there's ample opportunity for him to, uh, you know, even if he's not a three down back, to at least get so much of the work that you feel confident having him in your lineup. And uh, and who knows, maybe if the Jets actually do turn things around. Um, you know, we'll we'll be excited about it. Yeah, we're not that. We're really not it. that far. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, we've seen it happen, and we're honestly we're not that far away from. I remember it was a few years ago. Uh, the hashtag Never Jets was floating around on fantasy Twitter, and we're not. You know, we we're, we've moved past that. There are at least guys that we are worth. Uh, we are excited about talking about, and we feel like are worth drafting. Whereas uh, a few years ago, that that just wasn't the case with them. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. 
Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Rain or shine, every day is a great day for fishing, right? You got rain gear, but you can't overlook sunny day gear. A Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie has you covered on the sunniest days. Like, literally. I mean, who wouldn't trade a sunburn for a trophy fish? But why do it if you don't have to? Especially when this Solar Stream Elite hoodie is built with broad spectrum UV protection. We're talking UPF 50, and it has airflow so you don't overheat. And what's the alternative? Putting down the rod every half hour so you can slather on some sunscreen. Seems like an easy choice to be. Columbia PFG has you covered with their Castback TC shoe. Its OmniMax cushioning and traction system helps if you're on your feet a lot, say, fighting a fish. Not to mention keeping you sure-footed on a wet, rocking boat. So if you're going to be spending long days out on the water, and I sincerely hope that you will be, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG and shop all their performance fishing gear. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. So that brings me to, I got a handful of, of wide receiver rooms that I went through that just, I feel like they have major question marks. They don't, they either, you know, have guys that uh, were either, were not drafting anybody or they come with major question marks. We just don't feel great about them. Uh, so wanted to kind of get your thoughts. And the first one, uh, this one maybe it's a little close to home for you, Matt, but the, the New England Patriots. Uh, you know, and I know they went out and they added a bunch of pieces. You know, Nelson Aguilar was sort of the, uh, I guess, the crown jewel of their wide receiver <laughs> haul, which, look, oh. even even as an SC guy, I'm like, I don't know that's what I'd brag about. But, you know, this is, this is what it is. Uh, I mean, is there anybody in that wide receiver group you would be drafting before, say, the 10th round? I'm pretty sure that's the first time Nelson Aguilar has been called the crown jewel of anything <laughs> in the NFL level, at least. Um, 
No, there is not. This is a hot mess. The fact that Nelson Aguilar is the crown jewel, which I would probably agree with, it tells you everything you need to know. I, there are going to be guys going in that range like Curtis Samuel, uh, Michael Gallup, Michael Williams, Jamison Crowder, who I just mentioned. Those guys are all going 10th round or even a little bit later. I'm taking all those guys over Aguilar without a second's hesitation. For one thing, I don't expect a wide receiver to lead this team in targets. I probably don't expect a wide receiver to finish top three in targets. I think the tight ends that they added probably lead the team, and maybe even James White slides in uh, in the third spot, even though I know he disappeared last year. I don't know why that happened. It was very sad. Uh, but I, I think he can come back. So, no, I do not want the potentially third or fourth target, not that great receiver for a Cam Newton that I do not trust yet unless we see a huge revitalization or a rookie quarterback in Mac Jones that maybe can be okay, maybe, but this team does not want to play through the wide receivers. Clearly the talent is not there. I I'm probably not drafting any of these guys cause I don't think you're really going to get value, but I'm definitely not drafting them before the 10th round. Uh, side note, which, which of the tight ends are you taking first? Which of the tight ends there do you feel more Ooh. confident in? This is really tough. I feel like I probably change my mind every couple of weeks. Right now, I'm feeling Hunter Henry a little bit. Um, I think he has a little bit higher upside. I think he has a better chance to be that elite guy that we've you know seen guys like Darren Waller become. Whereas Jonu Smith, I feel like is more likely to be the safer, like Jared Cook kind of guy, maybe. Um, so I, I'm okay to draft both, and it, I might just end up going by ADP and seeing which one's the better value because they feel pretty similar. But right now, I think I'm leaning a little bit towards Henry. All right, yeah, I don't, I don't know that I have a strong opinion one way or another. I loved Jonu Smith last year. I have you know, previously been a big fan of Hunter Henry uh, with all his years with the Chargers, and I, I just contend that you know it would have been so much better for all of us if they had gone to different teams <laughs> instead yes. of going to the same team. Uh, so yeah, I, I like both of those guys. I don't feel really strongly one way or another. And I think you're right. Whichever one is probably the better draft value is, is the one you, you want to kind of target in on. Um, the Colts, I, I like the group of wide receivers they have, but I, I keep saying they are long on potential and short on production. You know, we, we mm. keep waiting for them to sort of pop. Um, we saw it a little bit with Michael Pittman last year. Is there a true wide receiver one that you see on this roster? A true wide receiver one, I probably can't in good conscience say yes. Mm -hmm. I say that as the biggest Michael Pittman truther that there is. <laughs> I think I have him on all five of my dynasty teams that I have because um, I've just been trading for him wherever I didn't actually get him in the rookie draft. I love Michael Pittman. I think he has a ton of potential. We didn't see it necessarily statistically last year overall, but I think we saw flashes of his talent, and I do believe that he is a very talented player. A lot of people forget he was the 34th pick in the draft. Mm -hmm. They took him ahead of Jonathan Taylor. That is what the Colts <laughs> see in Michael Pittman. We've seen what Jonathan Taylor has become. Wide receivers typically take a little longer to develop. I think that Michael Pittman could break out in year two. I think he is the team's wide receiver one just in terms of targets, most likely receptions, probably every stat. But to call him a true wide receiver one, 
I don't think I can fairly do that. I'm invested in him, and I hope that that is the case. And I lean towards it being the case somewhat soon. But more likely, he's kind of a mix wide receiver one for the team that ends up being a wide receiver three for fantasy. I, I think of it as, you know, being a baseball guy, like you, you have a number one pitcher and then you have an ace. And I don't hmm. think the Colts have an ace. They got, they, you know, they have potentially a number one pitcher. They've got a guy who's going to lead their team in targets. Uh, as you mentioned, targets, receptions, yards, probably all those things. Um, but I don't think, yeah, I don't think he is that guy that you're like, yeah, he's a wide receiver one for sure, for sure. Um but, you know, I do hope that things go well. I also because I also sort of am believing that we will see a Carson Wentz revitalization this year. I, yes. I think that's going to happen in Indianapolis. And part of it will mean that these wide receivers are making plays for him. Um, I mean, along those lines, do you have any level of faith in Zach Pascal uh, or Paris Campbell or any of those other guys to, to really take a leap this year? Mm, not to not to necessarily take a leap to continue being like an okay flex option maybe like pascal was mm-hmm. a flexible guy recently paris campbell hasn't quite hit that so maybe you could say he's going to take a little bit of a leap because i do think he could be a flexible guy um <laughs> i suppose he's flexible regardless because <laughs> he plays a, a professional sport but flex a b l e is what i'm trying to say um and i 100 agree with you on carson wentz i actually just wrote a uh bounce back candidates article for ball blast and had him as my quarterback on that list because legitimately unless he touched a ball that was cursed by aliens like in space jam (laughs) and someone sucked at his powers he's got to bounce back from what we saw last year so i do have faith in him which means i have faith in this offense which means i have faith in some of these receivers to a degree you know if they made a space jam movie like wouldn't the Monstars just look like regular defensive linemen? Like, wouldn't they just all look like, like you know, like, like Aaron and Donald, Aaron Donald, and Dominic yep. Sue, and like Miles Garrett? They they look like Monstars on their own. So, yep. I, <laughs> that was that was just a random thought I had as you were talking there. Sorry. Um, <laughs> we'll, I'm here for it. Thanks, I appreciate it. Uh, we'll stay in the division and and move to the Houston Texans. And you, you talked about the quarterback situations that have left question marks with Green Bay. Uh, in New Orleans, you know, kind of among them. Obviously, there's a huge one down in Houston, um, you know, with with us having no idea what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson. Uh, They went and added a whole bunch of wide receivers to this offseason, wide receivers also, I should say, this offseason, but none of them are really exciting. Is Is there anybody there that interests you besides Brandon Cooks? I guess it depends on how you define interests me. <laughs> um, but I will say that I'm willing to take a stab at Kiki QT mm-hmm. in deep PPR leagues. <laughs> now, if if we get the news that Watson is not only going to be cleared from the mess that he's in right now and not suspended by the NFL for anything related to that, both of which are big question marks, and that he's not being traded maybe i feel a little bit more confident about drafting someone from houston but with that currently up in the air i am willing to go in on kiki q2 to a degree listen this guy has been plagued by injury awful for his whole career but when he's shown up he's kind of shown out every now and then again and i don't know who remembers this because i certainly didn't until i looked into it but last season he finished with a stretch of five games where he averaged six targets five catches and over 70 yards a game over the last five games of last season. So when he's there, especially with Brandon Cooks kind of being a little bit more of that downfield guy, 
Kiki QT can be that PPR guy. If this offense is able to run with whatever quarterback they've got, I think he has a chance. Now, he has to stay healthy, which is a pretty <laughs> low bar for him. But he's not going anywhere in drafts, basically. You're getting him for free with your last pick. So because of that, I'm willing to throw that out there. If you're in a deeper PPR league where you've got like 18 spots or 19 spots, maybe 17 spots, I'm probably going to be okay throwing a stab at Kiki QT for a little bit of wide receiver depth with the chance that he becomes honestly the catch leader on this team. I Once a month, I go back and I look at the Texans roster and look at their wide receivers and I am sort of underwhelmed all over again. Like I, it's like I look at it and I'm like, yeah, this isn't really great. And then I, it, it just floats out of my head and I come back and I'm like, ah, you know, like, I, you know, Randall Cobb and Chris Conley and, you know, Dante Moncrief and Andre Roberts and Taewon. It's just like, I, I don't know what to do. Like, this is not, this is not going to work for anybody. Nope. These are, <laughs> these are like all those NFL wide receiver fours that the Patriots would always add. And then they have one touchdown in the Super Bowl, and it would seem like it worked out. I don't see that being the case with the Texans guys, but that's who these guys are. They are not contributors for fantasy. That is, that is very accurate. Incredibly accurate. Uh, all right. Last last wide receiver room with big question marks for me is the Raiders um, because their top wide receiver from last year was the crown jewel of the Patriots wide receiver hall that we just <laughs> talked about. Uh, they let Nelson Aguilar go, and so now you know obviously you know, Darren Waller is going to lead the team in targets. I don't think there's any dispute about that. Uh, Hunter Renfro is still hanging around there. Brian Edwards, who I liked last year as a deep sleeper and never really performed, uh, he's still there. But that's a long way of asking, is this all set up for Henry Ruggs to step up and be the guy we thought he could be? I honestly do not think so. Now, I'll preface this with saying I wasn't a huge Ruggs fan coming into his draft, so I might be a little biased, but... Listen, he's not going to eat in terms of targets because that's Darren Waller's domain, like you just mentioned. So he's not going to win for you for fantasy by having 120, 130 targets. They added another deep threat in John Brown, who has, while not he's not going to blow anyone's socks off necessarily anymore, he's everywhere he goes, he seems to be a decent contributor and to take targets and be good with them. So I think he's probably going to do that and take a few more targets from Ruggs. Derek Carr is nothing special that's like i feel like that's a decent compliment to him he's good <laughs> he's okay he's actually a, a decent deep ball thrower but the issue is that this offense is a conservative old school boring offense that is not i don't think built to make guys like rugs succeed if he was on the titans or which is still a run for his team but a team that is creative and opens the play action game and all that stuff. Or if he went to the Packers or something like that, I would probably like Ruggs a lot. I think he would have pretty high upside. But the place he is with all those factors put together, I don't think we're ever going to see it for this guy. Unless something crazy happens this year, I'm pretty out on him. If you find someone in a dynasty league who is excited for some reason, I'd probably be willing to sell him to that guy. I don't feel very confident about Ruggs. 
I when when the Raiders drafted him, I just immediately felt like, well, this is just not a match. It's just not a match <laughs> in in styles and player style versus team offensive styles, which is is what you alluded to. Um, except then, the thing that I thought Ruggs was going to excel at is the thing Nelson Aguilar did well. He he was kind of that stretch the field guy, and he was that big play down the middle of the field guy. And I didn't I didn't think that was coming from Aguilar. Um, but then, as you mentioned, they go get John Brown, so that that takes away it seems like that role. Uh, so I I don't know what they're going to do. Throw in the fact also they get Kenyon Drake, who is going to catch yeah. the ball too himself. I mean, obviously yeah. he's he's going to have a different role than Henry Ruggs, but he's still going to take some of those targets away. Um, yeah, I here's the thing: I'm not willing to give up on Henry Ruggs, but I'm also not willing to draft him if that makes sense. Yeah, I think that's sort that's of where fair. I am. <laughs> I think that's sort that's of where fair. I am with him. Uh, all right, so we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens with that. But yeah, just that was a few I, I was going through. I'm like, some of these wide receiver rooms are not great. Um, so I'm going to make Matt try to figure it out for me and uh, see how that works. Uh, before we go, I like to do some some fun rapid fire questions. So I got a few for you here. Uh, the first Ooh, one, you as a Patriots fan, do you have a favorite Patriots logo or uniform uh, that they've worn in your, your lifetime, your history? Ooh, well, I'm tempted to go with the the reds, the red alternates with the old uh, Patriot logo that mm-hmm. I think they're technically not a- allowed to wear anymore. Oh, really? <laughs> but but I got to go with the whites. And okay. it's simply because of the Super Bowl history. Mm. They've won four out of their six Super Bowls in the white jerseys. They won the Seahawks Super Bowl and the Falcons Super Bowl in the white jerseys, which were legitimately two of the greatest football games of all time. (laughs) I accept no other explanation. Um, And both of the cursed Giants Super Bowls (laughs) happened in blue. So get the blue out of my face. Yeah, I'll take the whites. That's funny. I never, I mean, I never thought about that. Uh, Also, that's sort of the reason that the Cowboys don't wear blue, because they historically have never had success in them so they always wear white so maybe uh maybe you guys are sort of trending that direction there uh mm. all right uh i know you you posted recently about your your classic rock vinyl collection uh mm. you're sort of putting those out there you had a you know at least what i saw was a pretty legitimate collection uh is there something either that you you have you know let the public know about or something that you own privately that you are completely unwilling to part with an album that you just cannot let go of Oh boy! All right, I'm gonna put myself on blast here um, because if the, the, asking the question I'm unwilling to part with, I feel like a little bit insinuates that some people are trying to take it away from me. <laughs> and the, my my pick is gonna be one that they're not trying to take away for themselves; they're just trying to shame me into throwing it away. <laughs> and it is Creed Greatest Hits album. Uh, I am in the Creed division of the Scott Fishbowl. I also nominated nominated them to be a division. I'm not sure if that's why he included them, but that's what I'm in. I will accept none of this slander that Creed is just Nickelback. They are one of the greatest rock ballad bands of all time. Come on, with arms wide open, higher. I will accept no slander against Creed, so I will defend them to my last breath. And while I like several of their albums a lot, I just take the greatest hits and get all the best songs on it. I feel that maybe it's maybe a little bit cheating, but that's what I'm going with. All right. I, I dig that answer. Um, you know, I don't I know that you know there's lots of creed slander out there. I can't say I participate in it at at uh, at any point. Oh, I've been told that defend to the last breath was a creed pun because I don't my my I imagine that my creed One knowledge, last breath. 
I yeah. I know that uh, I know that my Creed knowledge is not super deep, so thank you for that, Justin, for, <laughs> for putting that in front of me. Um, I I but I appreciate you defending it and like you know and sticking to your to your beliefs on that one. So yeah, uh, you know you you may get some tweets. <laughs> I'm sure I will. I, I made it public that. on Twitter, so I'm ready. All right, Bring cool. It. All right. Uh, so last one. Uh, if you could pick a non-football career, if this football thing doesn't work out for you, mm. uh, what would you be doing? Ooh. Um, well, I, I my immediate go-to is to be a critic of some kind. Because how, how awesome is it to just get paid to write your opinion about something? So then it's just, what am I going to be the critic of? And... Listen, I love movies. I could do movies. I like music. I could, but I don't think anyone wants to hear my Creed greatest hits <laughs> critique. But food, that has to be the just most foolishly amazing job that exists. You get to go to great restaurants, get special meals tailored to you by chefs that are better food than the vast majority of the country ever gets to eat at all, but you get to do it all the time and then write about it. And then that's it. You should then just go eat more food and write about it again. How amazing would that be? Giving the food critic job. Plus, at least right now, we'll see if it catches up with me eventually, but I have a freakish metabolism <laughs> that does not allow me to gain weight. So I feel like I'd be pretty set in that regard. Kind of like the critic from Ratatouille who was always super thin. I don't know. I'm, that's what I'm going with. <laughs> you know what? You and I are of the same mind about this because I have always said one of my career goals is to get someone to pay for me to travel and eat. Like that's all I mm. really want. Like that's one of the things I want out of my career uh, before I, you know, before I leave this earth. So you know, you and I are, are of a similar mind about that. So uh, I, I fully endorse <laughs> that that potential career option uh, if this thing doesn't work out. But in the meantime. Uh, this is going pretty well, and we we appreciate you jumping in. We appreciate having you on, and uh, we look forward to to getting you back here uh, regularly soon, sometime. But uh, you know, in the meantime, for folks out there, where where can they find what you're doing right now? Uh, on Twitter at Matt Okada. That's where you can shame my creed takes if you want. <laughs> but you will be met with combat, so <laughs> do it at your own risk. And then uh, check out Ball Blast Football, uh, the website. We have a Patreon that's popping off right now. Uh, we will also be at the Fantasy Football Expo in Canton in August. Um, so if you guys want to show up there, you can do that. Awesome. Uh, yeah, shout out to uh, to Kate and Michelle and everybody over at Ball Blast for uh, everything they're doing. It's been it's been fun to watch this thing grow and, uh, and continue to succeed. So, uh, Matt, we appreciate it. Enjoy your summer, and uh, we'll talk again soon, huh, bud? Absolutely. Sounds good. Thanks cool. for having me. Awesome. That is it for us. We are done. We appreciate you hanging out with the NFL Fantasy Football Show. You know the drill. Tell two friends to tell two friends. Rate, review, and remember, people should not have children after 35 because, really, 35 children is more than enough. Be safe. Take care of yourselves. Get vaccinated. And we'll see you next week. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 
37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, Tanner girl, go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm. The Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l e e s a dot com slash iHeart.